Welcome back, everybody, to the Star Wars podcast, where we talk all things Marvel and Star Wars. Please take a moment to check our show notes to find our social media, merch, and more. Today, we are recapping Miss Marvel episode four in full spoiler details. So if you haven't seen the episode, I would get out of here. And I'm here with a guy. I had to chase him down, okay? It was a big pain in the butt. I had to get in a tuk-tuk. I, I had to run after him, but I caught him. It's Tommy Pizzullo. Tommy, how are you? I'm good. And, and, you know, this was all ruse. I wanted you to catch me because, listen, Michael, my house has been full of toffee waiting for you to come visit, and you have it, and now I, I'm eating it. I don't even like to- I don't even like toffee, and I'm eating it because you haven't come. So now you caught me. Now the toffee. Ugh. I love toffee, so I'll take all the toffee you got. Heath yeah. bars, all that. So Yeah, you got um, the hard teeth. We got a brand new guest here today. It's a special one. It's the, it's the first lady of Stark Wars. Uh, it's my wife, Sydney. Sydney, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm scared and nervous, but I'm excited. I'm excited to talk some uh, preteen drama. Okay. Coming um, to Sydney, age. I want you to tell the audience here, um, kind of set them up for like what to expect from you. Like, how much do you like Marvel shows and movies? Um, like, what's your knowledge on this stuff? Do you feel like an, and it's okay because we have everybody from every side of uh, the fandom. So, um, I guess this is a, this is your opportunity to like introduce yourself, tell them about to you, what do you think of Marvel in general, and uh, maybe you miss Marvel as well. Um, well, I would say through and through, I was a DC girl growing up myself. Um, that's what I was born and raised on, and it wasn't really until I met you that I kind of got fully immersed into the world and I'm really interested in it. I'm interested in lore or the lore of it all. Um, I'm a huge fan of Disney overall and a big fan of like Pixar theories and how everything meshes together. So especially with the way that they're taking everything now, um, it's been really fun and interesting just to see all the movies and TV shows intertwine. And that's what I find the most fascinating about the stories. You see all the little connections and all the little Easter eggs. So. Tommy, Tommy, what's great about Sydney is if she doesn't like a Marvel series, she's not going to finish it. And with that being said, <laughs> she didn't finish Moon Knight, right? No, I did. I finished oh, Moon Knight. Okay. It was oh, uh, Loki. I never finished. Oh, I watched the first couple episodes. And what's crazy is from everything I know about Lo- Loki and like the time travel and all the connections it makes, like it's something I would enjoy the most. But I just can't watch it. I don't know what it is. It didn't get me in the first couple episodes, but maybe I'll go back to it. Who knows? Yeah. Rebe- Rebecca picks and chooses. If she if a show like uh, is interesting to her, then she'll she'll jump on. Moon Knight was that, but it was a, a big miss for her. Moon, she she jumped off the Moon Knight train pretty quickly. Uh, so, yeah. You know. I'm not gonna lie. Miss Marvel would be one that I would jump off of if oh, so far. Okay. Some yeah. So, so, some negative things. Real quick, because. We mentioned Loki, and I know we'll get to the Mar- uh, Miss Marvel takes here in a second. But, um, Tommy, I feel like you have a lot of investment, and this is our banter, okay? This is it, guys. You asked for it. We're going there, okay? So, you're gonna love this, Tommy. Uh, Sydney and I have decided to get a cat, and we already know what cat it is. We know what it looks like. It's in transit. We're gonna get it later next month. Um, but but we're discussing. Does it take names. a month for it to travel in transit? That's a long yeah. trip for this cat. <laughs> It's just in a box, okay? <laughs> uh, but Ship Tommy, we've been discussing yeah. names, and we decided Loki is a good name. Um, but the only issue is, I don't think it works because the cat is white. What do you think? Hmm. I mean, 
Loki in his frost giant form. I guess it's more blue, but frost can be white. Uh, Loki's a great name. I'm trying to think of, of, of a name for like a white cat that would be good. Yeah, like a Marvel name. Maybe. I know, like, I, I've tried to like trick Sydney sometimes, like, because she says no Star Wars names, but I'll like pick an uh, obscure character. And I'll say this because we we weren't sure at first if it was a boy or a girl. So we had a we had a girl name and a boy name picked out. Um, she she agreed to Loki, and the other one was Lola, <laughs> which she doesn't realize even to this moment that that's a Star Wars name too. So <laughs> I just really like the name Lolo, and so that's what I would call it. So I mean, yeah, that's I just also want to go with Lola for a cat's name feels fun because to me it reminds me of like a waitress from like the old <laughs> retro days, and it's like oh here's Lola Lola the cat with like the big wig on. Oh, I would love Lola the cat. Lola the cat. I also want to call it Kiki so bad. That's that's where I'm falling. Lolo or Kiki? Kiki's a good name too. We're in full banter mode here. I, Sydney, I I pushed you off on this. I, I gotta I gotta ask. Um, you're not loving Miss Marvel. I want to so bad. I especially in the first episode, and I found it recently. So all the not all the episodes, but there's like three different directors or something. So maybe I'll really like the finale because I really liked the first episode and how it was directed, and it gave me very much. And I told Michael this: like this is like an OG Disney sitcom. Like that was the vibes, and I was here for it. I was like excited. I was like, okay, like a little Disney coming of age story. It'll be kind of cute. Um, and then, you know, the other directors got in and we got more of the lore and more of the deep. So I'm like, okay, like it's still good, but I kind of wanted something corny in Disney. Yeah, I, I feel that too. Like in the degree of the stuff that I'm really vibing with with Miss Marvel is the times where it's like less about her powers, where it's just her with her mom and like her, like to me, it is that like sitcom thing that I'm looking for. Uh, and it's like the stuff with the the gin and stuff it's where it almost loses me sometimes uh because like to that it's like i feel like we're spending the majority of our time with the family and stuff and then when we jump into the the gin stuff it's like all right what are we doing here this is real quick jumping in so like i i, I think you're not alone on that city i think it's like a, i mean it's it's definitely up there for shows for me but there are times where i'm like is this what, what are we doing here I will say my favorite part about this show, and more so than any show that we've talked about, Tommy, is the character development is just so on point from every like every side character. We're learning so much about them. Even the grandmother. The grandmother didn't need to get fleshed out this episode, but she was. Um, I think my, where my issue comes in is if and when it's going to pay off and when we're going to care. Like I know these characters now, but like I need like the investment. A little bit more if that makes sense I, I need to i need to see them in a bit more i, I don't know danger does that sound bad i mean I, I feel like they need to be put through the ringer and i need i need to be put in a position where i prove that i care about them i do care about them i just need to be shown that does that make sense yeah so the gin to come after their grandma i mean it, it could go that way right <laughs> Jesus, I think it grand. is going that way, actually. <laughs> the grandma's going to get a magic cane, just like <laughs> their magic weapons. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with that. Of like, we know the characters now, and like, I cannot say enough of like, I do think this show, other shows can learn from this show of like developing your character and and slowing down the pace with like they're giving time for like the mother and grandmother conversation was great in this episode. There's so many great conversations that like you wouldn't see normally, or even like 
like the whole scene at the campfire. Like most networks would cut that kind of stuff. Be like, this isn't important. Throw it out the window. And it's like, but I like it because it is giving us those beats in that like downtime to get to know Kamala, get to know the other characters and, and really feel like we're immersed in this world. Uh, my only qualm that I think I could see, like with the Jin, I don't think we're getting enough of their character development. I, I don't really know them any more than I did in the last episode. They're chasing them. That's all I know about them. They love to chase. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we can start to dive into the episode. And Tommy, I said this last week. I don't have a lot of notes. But then again, uh, last week, that was like our longest episode since the Spider-Man recap. So um, who knows what who knows what we have in store? Maybe we have a lot to talk about. Yeah, we'll, uh, say, we'll spend 10 minutes on the episode. And then we'll spend 40 minutes doing a bracket of cat names for you guys to decide. <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> I'm down. Yeah, <laughs> listeners, uh, if you do have cat su- name suggestions, um, I think Sydney's pretty settled on Otis? Loki, but... Otis? Otis. Ooh. Yeah, I feel like we missed out with Atlas not naming him Otis because Milo, you know, Milo and Otis. It's from a TV show. Milo and Otis is good. Otis always <laughs> makes me think of Basset Hounds, though. Like, uh, like a Basset Hound would be a perfect Otis because it's got, like, the droopy face and the... Yeah. Hey, you don't know what our cat looks like. No, that's Maybe true. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> I, I think about... I, this is my second uh, second week in a row with the Walking Dead reference. I just think of Otis from The Walking Dead, and I don't know. Kind of okay, that fits in with your theme. I mean, Named no. after TV show characters. Yeah. Not Listen, that character. You guys may not know what your cat looks like after a month of transport. You know, this camera <laughs> that comes is true. <laughs> okay, for God's sakes. Enough banter. I hate it. <laughs> okay, so we, we open on Kamala in the plane, going to Pakistan, and her mom's there. Um, she's texting uh, Nakia as well, and um, uh, well, I guess first and foremost, uh, the mom tries to make amends here a little bit. They, she wants a temporary truce, which, from my perspective, Tommy, I talked about last week. She got off really easy, no punishment at all, and uh, now she wants a truce. It's like what that I thought there already was a truce. Like, you, like she ruined the wedding, and now she gets to go on vacation. Yeah, but she she ripped into her. She was like, "You ruined your brother's wedding." You know, there's definitely. I think that's the punishment. It's the passive aggressiveness from, from the mother. Like, you know, that entire time to that airplane, there was just constant comments of, "Oh man, that wedding. We could have talked about the wedding, but now we're just sitting in silence because you ruined it." Just over and over. See, rare opportunity here to have like the the parents' perspective here. But Sydney, I have to ask, as a mother, if if uh, Mallory pulled the fire alarm at Mikey's wedding, I mean, what, what's the punishment? I'm I'm down for passive aggressive parenting. You know, I'm here for it. I've joked before that I sometimes gaslight our kids by crying to get them to do things. So <laughs> you got to do what you got to do sometimes. Whatever's going to make them stronger. That's genius. You do what the kids normally do, but out kid the kid. You just you gotta. Sometimes you just gotta cry with them, and then they'll listen to you. Yeah, I do that with pasta sometimes. <laughs> just cry with her. Yeah. So she's texting Nakia here, and this is Tommy. We mentioned this last week as well. Um, I really liked how they were putting the names on the text messages. I actually did not know who she was texting in the plane. She was talking about. I'll explain later or whatever. I'm like. Who were you? Te- like I had to, I had to like read things online to figure out what this text message was, but um, doesn't really matter. I just think it's annoying that I didn't know who it was. Yeah, I can see that. It, I, again, names takes a little bit more energy. Put it on there, um, man. I hate this. I would be Kamala of like texting. I'm the worst. Like if someone doesn't respond to me, I either. <laughs> 
just I'm out of myself. I'm, if it's on Discord where I can delete the message, I'll delete the message because I'll feel uncomfy and awkward. Or uh, if it's text messages, I'll send more text messages until they respond. So I, I feel Kamal here. I would also be texting out of control. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, next day they land um, in Pakistan and they meet the cousins and the grandmother. I was going to say real quick with the airplane, uh, this guy in the middle, poor guy. Oh, yeah. Getting stuck. Why? Like, I guess it's because he didn't have the truce yet. But like, have you ever had like this experience where it's like you're in between uh, two people that know each other? And it's like at a certain point, you're like, come on, let's switch or something. Right. Um. Yeah. I mean, I got I almost my first thought was maybe he prefers the middle seat. But if that's true, he's really weird for doing that. So. But um, also, it seemed like they went the whole flight without talking to each other until like the very end. I almost thought also I, awkward. Like, yeah, yeah, I almost, I almost thought that it was like that was the twit. Like I, I thought maybe Kamala was going alone, and then we get the mom reveal, and it's like mom was on the plane the whole time. <laughs> I thought Plot that's where we're going. Yeah, <laughs> I thought that was good. I, I will say, I, yo, we're, the punishment we will argue on. Uh, if it could have been more severe, I do like the dynamic between the mom and the and Kamala of like, there's different levels of like, they can fight, but then they come back together. It's a constant weave and flow that I really like. that. Like a lot of shows don't do in Marvel because they go so quick and they're so focused on the powers that this show is like developing those different um, bonds of a parent and a kid. Like there's so many, like, you know, you can hate them one second and be like, you know what, but you're still my kid the next. Uh, completely fair. Um, so, speaking of fleshed out characters, yes, we do meet the cousins at the air airport. I'm kidding. They weren't that fleshed out. I guess we don't really need to know who they are, but they were there a little bit. They kind of make fun of her. Yeah. I just want to know why no one warned her not to wear jeans. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, That'll peeve me. Like, they knew. They're part of the culture. See, I think that was part of the mom's passive aggressive punishment. Like, <laughs> oh, like. Now we're going to roast you about these jeans and we're not going to warn you this whole time. <laughs> going to let you walk around uncultured, look like a little American tourist. Yep. Um, so so next here we get this conversation between the grandmother and Kamala. And um, they're basically talking about uh, why they got called here. Oh, and I mean, the grandmother's very casual about all this. Like, uh, what? Like, what's the big deal? It's just genetics. I mean, maybe she, I guess, from her point of view, maybe she was told from a young age she was a gym. So to her, it is just, it's, it's you know, it wasn't a new secret for her. Um, so maybe that's that's where I'm going. Would I guess, you know, I'd be still surprised. It's new. Sydney, I want to get your take on this because I said this last week, but I, I don't know what you think. Um, because they're still skirting around this. The mom has to have powers too, right? I mean, they even can, they like, I mean, uh, they, they, they mentioned that it is genetic. It came from the grandmother. And then it, obviously it would go to the mom next. And then Kamala. So does uh, the mom have powers here? Well, that's the whole thing I'm still trying to figure out that I hope we find out more in episode five. Because the grandma's mom is the one that had the powers that disappeared that we don't know anything about. So in her, as a little girl, was separated from her mom. So how would she even know? Like, how does the grandma even know anything? Like, where's the grandpa? Where's, or I guess her husband left them. So, like, how does she, I don't know. That part, 
bothers me and I'm hoping we get some answers and I feel like we're not and it's just gonna be like oh she like always knew her mom had powers like how she was a baby so I have mixed feelings yeah I hope it I mean we'll get a flashback so hopefully that like you know hopefully we'll get it right from the great grandmother's mouth uh <laughs> but I you know I take it as like maybe there was like journals or something or or she had how how young was she? Do we know how young the grandmother was when when they traveled? Like maybe she was a toddler, so maybe she remembers a little. But... Yeah, they kind of explain it like she was a toddler because she got lost from her dad and like yeah. didn't know where to go, and it was like a big shock that she found him. So I would say she's probably like our kid's age, like four or five. Yeah, I also don't know if the, does the grandmother have powers or it's more like this isn't her. And this is where I will say we're spending so much time just with like the sitcom kind of. Let's build the family up. That like some of the logistics of some of these super. It's like we don't understand it because they're not explaining it. Of like, so are they? They're Jin by DNA, but like, is Kamal the only one that seems to be able to channel her power? Yeah, again, it's kind of confusing. I feel like, uh, like I mentioned last week, the the more we dive into this, I don't know how much sense it's going to make. Um, yeah, I, again, like my thing here is like the characters are really good um i don't know once we get into like the mythology of it all uh, i don't know how much sense it makes but um hopefully they clear it up we still have time we have two more episodes so um yeah so uh next year uh she goes with her cousins they're kind of uh they're like doing a they're going to the town visiting the different markets and um yeah i don't have a whole lot to say about this is the boy cousin the guy from deadpool I don't think so, but let me look it up real quick. If not, yeah. Cities, so do you have any comments about their like march through town here? Okay, so originally, I didn't like the scene. I thought it was kind of stupid. I thought it was kind of boring. I still have mixed feelings about Kamala and whether I like her or not. But then going back, watching the episode again, and thinking about it, um, I will say that scene did a lot in storytelling on what it is actually like being from a country like or having histories and roots in pakistan but being born in the states and having all of that and i feel like that scene really showed how disconnected she is from her culture where and we have this you know a lot of people kind of fight this too it's like this is my culture but i'm from the states and this is also my culture and then to go back there and you're not indian enough or pakistan enough but then you're in the states and you're not white enough and i feel like that scene like overall kind of told that story pretty well so going back i liked it a second time the first time it kind of went over my head but that may just be my white privilege so who knows but i did really like it um the second time through no that's a good point um tommy is it the same guy uh still looking but i wanted to say off off that of um i in the grandmother conversation where the grandmother also had the same experience but with like yeah i think it's like that that was a big theme i think of this episode of like not feeling like you belong in any like you know everyone feels like that in some degree like kamala feels that and also her grandmother and like they can relate to that i think that was like a lot of what i enjoyed about this episode yeah no this is uh it's yeah no really good i mean everything from like her trying the different foods um to just like communicating with people um, even like next year, she's looking for this, uh, to, uh, the, the train station. And, uh, I don't know, even like the casual people she's talking to on the street, she just doesn't really click with. And, I mean, the guy was kind of weird though. His directions were, 
is like you take a left and then you take a left and then you take a left and it's like wait isn't that a right at that point <laughs> um but yes uh tommy are you quick with the easter eggs on these kind of shows uh i pick up some and then i read i have like articles places i go for the others but um i there wasn't a ton in this episode. I was uh, gonna say, well, with that guy, we had the little uh, QR code, yeah. and I'm recently rewatching Umbrella Academy, and they do a lot of those kind of uh, Easter eggs as well. And I think what was it? That QR code is this episode's comic that it was based off of, um, which is really interesting. Which maybe we should have read for some research. Yeah, because yeah, in the comics, like this is a good point. Like they do, like this. What I do like about the show is like they are using the comic books, and they are like a lot of uh, our favorite moments are from the comic books. And I, I do like this QR code thing. This is like new, and like they did in Moon Knight, I believe. I don't think they did it before this. I really like this idea to get people in into comics. You know, if you like the TV shows now, now come back to the comics, which I feel like is different than like before. It was like, oh, if you like comic books, now you can watch these comic book movies. Now it's like people are comic book movie fans, but not comic book fans. So now it's like, all right, wait, come back to this. Could they do it better though? Because I didn't catch, like I did see this, like the Q and then even a moon night every time, like I never caught these QR codes. Like, I don't know, maybe I'm not observant enough. Um, I don't know, is there a better way to bring them back to the comics? Like, I feel like there could be. Like, I feel like the cat, like the people that are noticing this stuff are the people that probably already read comic books, and the people that wouldn't notice it are the ones that probably need to be pulled towards comics. Does that make sense? Like, uh, I don't know. Can we like, can we put like the QR code, like almost like a, like a warning before the episode, kind of like Kenobi was doing, you know, like this is a sensitive episode, but instead like put the QR code front and center on a black screen at the bottom and be like, this is based on the comic book. Check it out. Is that too much? No, I could, I, or even just afterwards, just put on like, like release it on the website, like through like articles and journalists, just be like, Hey, release the QR code also. But I think it's weird because it's like it's supposed to be fun and like a game almost of like, ooh, we found the QR code. But I kind of agree with you where it's like a lot of the time I just miss it. <laughs> gotcha. Um, I want to talk about this here because we do, as she's going to the train station, she catches an Ant-Man mural. This is like the fourth or fifth Ant-Man reference we've gotten in the show. Um well, I, I know it's been passed through dialogue. She's commented about Ant-Man. We see it in the mural. We see the podcast. Um, we see we see the helmet at, at Avengers Con. Ant-Man is like, I don't know. Like, Ant-Man is really getting the spotlight here. And it, it kind of makes me sus. Like, are we foreshadowing here? Is Ant-Man going to show up? Is that your cameo pick? For I, honestly, that might be like round two or three for me. I think I have a couple others that I would go for first. Uh, based on the Marvels coming up eventually. But um, yeah, I mean, Ant-Man, he's all over the place. But Do you think it's because like they got rid of uh, like, you know, they're looking for the new person to lead. They don't know. We don't know if Tom Holland will continue as Spider-Man. Um, you know, sadly, unfortunately, um, like with Black Panther, um, like I think they would put a lot of, of money in that, but like I think they were planning on that him leading the Avengers. Is Ant Man the new lead leader of Avengers? Is that what it is? They're really trying to push it, like, hey, like look, look how popular he is. Like all the people in in the universe love him, and nobody talks about the new Captain America. So that's kind of sad. I mean, he's got a shield and wings. 
So, um, yeah, I just wanted to talk about Ant-Man for a second. But yeah. No, he's um, big. I think we need to get on the Ant-Man train. We need to be pro Ant-Man. He's also small. Big do and small. Be, yeah, do we need to be small on the Ant-Man? <laughs> is it, Tommy, is it maybe because um, there's been a lot of comparisons to Kamala's powers and what Ant-Man can do? Um, maybe, maybe we do get... Like maybe not now, but like uh, in like the next Avengers movie, maybe we do get a scene of them both being small. Maybe she masters those powers. Is she supposed to have tiny powers? Uh, but in the comics, yeah. Oh, okay. She can get small. Hmm. Yeah, her big thing is definitely the get large. The, the get large. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the get large know. powers. <laughs> it's like Jared Catbridge. It's gonna be like on a on a. She's gonna do commercials, glass of milk, and it'll be like get large. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Dude, this is what you want. <laughs> this is what you get. All right. Um, so next here, uh, this is where the red dagger shows up. Um, this guy comes out of nowhere. Um, and uh, yeah, he senses her powers basically. And they fight. This is this is an alright fight, right? I mean I think it was alright for what it was trying to do, right? Like the, it was obviously we didn't want to see a full like them hurting each other fight because they were going to become friends. But I think it was enough of like a, I don't know you, you don't need know me. Let's get to know each other in battle, I guess. Okay, so we finally have somebody that's interested in men on the podcast. So I can ask this question, uh, Sydney. Um, we we had a big discussion last week about Bruno versus uh, Cameron, but I would also like to throw Red Dagger in the mix because I feel like there might be some. Uh, some some feelings there. So, uh, Sydney, who do you like the most? Red Dagger, Cameron, or Bruno? I love all of them. I am a fan of the enemies to lover trope. And I feel like she kind of has like about two of those going on, which is kind of fun. Um, but then also, you know, the little boy best friend who's like always been in love. And you never know. Like also a very cute trope. So... I'm fine with all of them, any of them. I think they'd all be uh, fleshed out enough where I'd be interested in it. Um, I will say in the minimal research I did do, um, in the comic books, her and uh, the Red Dagger like do have more of a connection more so. And that is all I know, um, comic book reference-wise. So. But I, uh, Bruno is a loser, right, Sydney? No, Bruno's Michael. We're married. You Bruno's be- our type of boy. Little little nerdy, little nerdy boys. I mean, he might be your type of boy. I don't know he's my type of boy. <laughs> the little you know. nerdy boys. Those are the ones we love. Okay. I don't know if I had it on my bingo card that Michael is going to bring his bullying of Bruno on two <laughs> podcasts. Well, I'm... why do you hate Bruno? What the heck? I don't hate him. I just, if I were a woman, I don't know that that like he's a kind of an idiot. He's, a, I mean, he's bumbling around. Most definitely will probably get passed up because that's also a trope we see all the time in any coming of age story is that the best friend is never the end goal and like and the he end love story. Hey, this could be his origin story too. That's what I'm saying. You never know. He's moving off to college. We don't know what's going to happen to him. Yeah. I would be okay with the Bruno villain story, I guess. Listen, I'm team. No, Bruno's a good guy. <laughs> no. I almost got him. No. Bruno is a good guy. He is going to be there for the family. Do I think they should be a couple? No, I, I don't. But if they go that route, great. 
Um, I think that's where the show might probably is going to end up pushing. Like, look at these other guys, but she chooses Bruno the nerd. <laughs> okay, but on. he's like also embracing her culture a lot, which I find adorable. You know, he's he's yeah. really trying, and it's it's pretty cute. It's heartwarming. All right, we, Bruno wasn't even in this episode, so I, I will leave him alone. Yeah, we don't um, need to talk. We don't, we don't talk, talk about, about Bruno. Bruno. <laughs> There you go. Same Brayton. Well played. <laughs> I'm so mad that they like did not reference that at all. Like, come on, Disney. Let's do it. Yeah, well. Um, so we do we, I, we do get some other references though. Um, when they're fighting here. Um, she compares him to a ninja turtle and then he compares her to Donkey Kong. I thought that was kind of cute. Yeah, I also like the uh when he's like, All you like Americans are always the superheroes, and she's like, How do you know I'm not a Canadian? Because, like, the actress is actually Canadian, uh, which is what I thought was a nice, like, uh, meta moment. Yeah. But she's wearing the New Jersey shirt. Gave herself away. And a little Terminator reference, too. They did. They threw in a lot of pop culture in that little. In, yeah. Which is- I will say, like, out of the, you know, going back slightly, uh, out of the three, I do think Red Dagger had the best chemistry like their quiz back and forth like they're fighting and there was like some there was some tension there i was like oh okay i'm feeling this like you guys are like it was fun it was it felt very light uh which is nice in a sense and he brought her to his friends you know so and he might feel something for her who knows there you have it um so he does take her to his this restaurant at first, and she thinks she's gonna get end up in a true crime doc, but no, he's got like a secret lair down there. Um, they go in, and uh, what's this guy's name? I don't remember. The boss. I'm <laughs> I'm bad. I'm bad with the the names here. Yeah, I missed the name as well, so don't worry, Michael. We the can, boss. We can join in. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, uh, Tommy, what do you what do you think of all this? Any uh, what do you think about this guy? He kind of he explains a little bit of like um the clandestines and what would possibly happen um if they got the bangle and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, this episode was definitely heavy. Like, we need to give you a bunch of exposition so you understand what's happening in the next couple episodes. I think they did it well enough that there was at least enough good moments that counteract the exposition. This is one of those scenes where it's like. All right, yeah, there's the whole spiel on the Nor dimension. Uh, I think it's interesting. You know, we've dealt with this a little bit with Doctor Strange has dived into the idea that there's like a dimension over top of our dimension, not to be confused with the multiverse, which is a whole different thing. <laughs> Marvel loves to do a lot of confusing things. But yes, I guess it's like it's like a layered cake. There's just dimensions on dimensions uh, behind our prime dimension. I don't know. Yeah. So it's like... Each universe has multiple dimensions, and if you go to another multiverse, or you go into the multiverse to another universe, that is also has many dimensions. Yes. So yes, like you said, it's a bunch of it's a cake shop. Yeah, it's a cake shop, and each cake has different layers, but there's a variety of cakes. So that's the different multiverses. It's like you might get a marble cake, or you might get a pineapple upside down cake, but they both have layers. I think this yeah. is making sense, maybe. Well, we're doing our best with what they gave us. <laughs> I thought their map was cool. I like like this thing, this like little like magnifying glass thing that they just like threw across the map and it zoned in. I, I thought that was cool. Yeah, get some interesting tech down here. Um, so, did, did you have any comments about their their meeting here? And what is the cave? Honestly, I watched this scene and then I even watched people explain this scene, and I still didn't fully get it. Um. 
So no, no comments. Welcome to the club. <laughs> um, okay, so also like I guess I would have wanted to see more people in their secret hideout because it's like so are the red daggers just two people? This whole organization <laughs> that's supposed to stop the gin, it's just two people. Like I I, I would have liked the more understanding of like this is like I feel like you could have done a little bit of the hands kind of thing that, you know, to go to daredevil, like they, this organization that has existed for all this time. And like, they've just been sitting and waiting. I think you could have done more with the red daggers to be honest. I might be skipping ahead here a little bit, but I do, um, enough bullying Bruno. I'm going to bully the red dagger a little bit. Uh, here's my take. I don't think he's good with the throwing knives. Uh, he, he is like, just a teenager. Well, he's, our a first noob. he's in training. Our, I guess so. I mean, he does. I'll give him credit. I think he hits two people. Um, but the the second one, I believe he just stabs them with it. Uh, and every other time he uses the daggers, he either misses or uh, doesn't make contact. So, um, I don't know. You're called the Red Dagger. You could, like, hit more people, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, let's see. You know, maybe he'll maybe he'll get better. Uh, but uh, it was better than Kamala's, you know. Not to, but Kamala's throw was pretty bad. I guess she doesn't call herself. Oh, that was that was funny. That was I did like like that. But uh, yeah, listen, Red Dagger, practice throwing daggers more instead of roasting Kamala uh, and and how she's from New Jersey. Okay. Well said. So we'll go to we cut to the 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 DODC prisoner is that kind of a big facility here right for just damage control like um I don't know it was like it's bigger what what's the other prison we get in the Marvel universe that um they go to in like Civil War and stuff the the raft yeah this was I felt like this was like bigger than that right it, I was like this is like I don't know whatever. It, it felt bigger. It felt like it just an abandoned warehouse they took over. It does not feel as techy. The fact that they're like, we deal with people with enhanced powers, but we're just going to handcuff you, but handcuff you to like a rod that goes across <laughs> the ceiling. We don't think this is going to be an issue and anyone's going to, any of these super powered beings are going to break out. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, the cluster, the clandestines totally get out of this. Um, we get a little fight scene here. Um, and then, um, they leave Cameron behind. So do you, you have any comments about this, this whole scene here? I'm so disappointed. That was so mean. So disappointed. You know, it kind of, I guess, all kind of falls together though. We have Kamala and her like family and them like growing to love each other and like learn more about each other. And then we have the other side where it's a family like falling apart and everything. So it makes sense. That's the trope. But it is really sad. I hope it's not the end for him. Um, but also, we debated how they even found her um, in Pakistan. So how will he find her in Pakistan? I don't know. Magic. Yeah, I uh, I mean, we'll definitely see him again. And like, um, so at least I hope. That would be kind of wild if they just... This last we see of him, uh, he's been built up a lot. So I, I, I hope, I hope we get more of him. He's, he's got his. Uh, I need to figure out what that toy's called with the balls and the string, um, that he has. Like clackers. Is that what they're called? I never, I haven't seen him, um, play with balls. So 
don't know. Well, it was it was in one of the episodes. But yeah, the like the little clacker things. Yeah. Do you know what those are? That's probably what yeah. it is. Yeah. Uh, Drake and Josh clackers. I I think it made sense like strategically, clandestine. He already betrayed you once. Like it does make sense to leave him behind. Uh, but also kind of sad. Like that's his mom. I think that's what you forget. Is like. She's cold-blooded. Like, she does not care. She's like, I need to get out of this planet. It sucks. Send me back to my dimension, please. Um, my prediction is Cameron is... <laughs> Bruno's going to go off to summer camp or whatever he's going to, the, the Cal, whatever. Uh, he's going to come back. Cameron's in his room. We're going to see his parents for the first time. They exist. He's not a, He's not running a bodega on his own. And... Uh, it's gonna be like, hey, we've 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 adopted Cameron. He's now your brother, and he's gonna be like, Brian, welcome home. And it's gonna be the, the next season. It's gonna be like, oh, Mama Mia, look at this crazy odd couple we got here. Exactly. But <laughs> yes, it's not exactly, but yeah, I mean, Mr. Bruno, the spinoff series. Yep. <laughs> yep. There you have it. Um, so we we do get a another talk here we cut to the grandmother and uh and uh kamala they're talking on the roof and um again kind of like last week like these are always good scenes like character building moments but i don't have a whole lot to say they kind of like talk about identity and uh i don't know there's never like like this these conversations are like good for building the characters but it never like reveals anything there's nothing really to dissect i guess so yeah. yeah, I think like, you know, like we were talking earlier, I think it pushes the theme of like, not feeling like you belong, like, you know, the grandmother, they're saying like, I say nice, I'm told that I'm not Pakistan enough, like, you know, I think that's the biggest thing from this, this conversation, pushing that theme and that idea. And I think it's just good to have like, someone that relates to Kamala a little bit more, you know, like clearly, her mother has moments and like, they relate. And it's funny, because I do like this show is like, they don't just pit the mother against Kamala, right? But it's like the mother also has her own issues with her own mother, so they can relate on the mother stuff while as opposed with it almost feels like I'm going on tangents, but it, it feels like Kamala could get a lot from both the grandmother and the mom, where it's like the mom is the mom side and the grandmother is the going for something bigger than yourself side and she needs both and right now she's only getting the mom side and then you know we see the scene with the mom and the grandmother where the mom is saying how i just need you to be a mom it's like yeah there, there was a lot of development here of how the mom talks to the to kamala and why she acts the way she does that i thought was really good and i think we get out of like this scene and the scenes coming forward yeah well now well said um yeah this is a lot more than i had to say about it so um no, yeah, and I agree. There's like some middle ground here, and it's a lot about growth. And um, so she's gonna, she'll find her way. Yeah, I um, think a lot of the show is gonna be accepting who you are, right? Like it's gonna be like we're we're a mixture of a lot of things, guys. And just you know, you're you're unique, but you're great. Yes. Um, so we do get this fun scene here. This is cute. Um, they meet on the beach, and uh, what are they eating? Anybody know what that was? Started with a B. I had to relook it up. But I, I did like out of the scene of like this, and then they talk about hot and sour soup earlier. And she's like, wait, it's red. And she's like, he's like, I did uh, like the the comment, uh, the 
comments on America's like ruining other cultures' food because <laughs> that's such a thing that we do all the time. Yeah. I mean, she has a distaste for all the food. Like originally, she's not used to any of it, which I think is both interesting and sad at the same time. Yeah. She doesn't like spicy food. Tommy, are you, you like spicy food? Sure. I do like spicy yeah. food. Yeah, I mean, I grew up in Buffalo. We had chicken wings. So, but it's like, you know, I was just talking about this the other day. Chicken spicy wings. Is, <laughs> spicy is like a universal term, but it's like, what do you mean? Do you like hot things or things with a lot of spice? Because like spicy is used for both versions, but that's two different things. Do you like it? Well, let me ask you this. Do you like hot things? I like hot things. And I like spicy things. I like I like both. But yeah. I will say sometimes that spice will catch you like, oh, it gets into the nostrils. That's what I'm saying. Like, uh, I kind of sometimes I want it to hurt. Yeah, like, I agree. <laughs> like, it kind of clear. It kind of clears the system a little bit. You know, it's just like uh, you. You get. It, I don't know. It helps me breathe more. Sydney, mm-hmm. uh, you don't like hot food, do you? Um, it, this no. would be you on the beach. Like, <laughs> is it spicy? And they're all yeah. Yeah, I would want to know before I ate it. I would not go in um, blind. Okay. But fair enough. I'm more um, of a mild. Any other comments on this beach scene here? Did you like her nickname, Sloth Baby? Is that what you would pick for yourself? I thought it was cute. I feel like uh, a lot of the little sloth references, going back to episode one, um, her YouTube channel, Little Sloth Baby Productions. I mean, it's kind of her thing. I don't really get why it's her thing. I don't really feel like she fits the sloth motto fully. Um, but maybe there's more something deeper into that that I don't know about Sloss that their her and her their character developments go well together. But it was a good callback, I feel. I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah. She's called Sloth Baby. So what I'm gonna do, I'm gonna go on the beach, I'm gonna hang out with a bunch of youngsters, we're gonna eat some spicy food out of a bag, and I'm gonna say, My name's Stark Wars. Oh <laughs> yeah. But then, then I'll be next to you being like, oh no, I have to come up with the nickname. And then I'll be like, uh, uh, I'm Stark Baby. Oh, Stark then, Baby. <laughs> and then, but then people are going to think I'm, like, I'm your child. Like, it's going to be this yeah. whole, everyone's going to be really confused. Uh, yeah, I, I think the, the sloths doesn't really, it, it, it was from the comics. Like, I do know that like sloths are big in the comics with her. I don't know if there's more to it or if it's supposed to be like, this is her quirky thing. She likes sloths a lot. <laughs> I, I, that's kind of what I get from it. It's just, uh, you know, we all have that. I mean, Sydney, your quirky thing's pandas. There's nothing quirky about it. <laughs> but you love pandas. <laughs> that's because they're cute. What's wrong with that? <laughs> that all paint like, would red pandas also fit in there? Oh, turning red. I was here for it. I yeah. All pandas. Anything uh, panda. Speaking of turning red, I did like that this episode was called Seeing Red because of how much we've talked about how much it's close to turning red. Like, yeah, the show's even pointing it out. Yeah, sure. It's red. similar, similar story arc too. You know, the whole thing. Yeah. What is Seeing Red in reference to, though? Really? I think the Red Dagger. I guess. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I don't know, like Seeing Red. Like that's like a anger. You say when you're angry. Yeah. He's like, I don't know if there's any angry in here, but no, mm-hmm. that makes. I guess it's way more literal. Maybe the clandestines are seeing red. They're just so they're so blinded. <laughs> Cameron's seeing red, being left at the DODC prison. <laughs> Bruno's seeing red because he got pretty injured the other day. He's probably like seeing. He's probably out of it this whole episode. He's on so many painkillers. That's why they didn't show Bruno because he's probably on so many drugs in this episode. He's out this whole oh, episode. Yeah. True. 
I forgot he got injured. I was like, oh, he's like doing heroin. Like, what the hell? No, they threw him against the wall, Michael. Yeah, you're right, you're he's right, got right. back issues now. That's gonna that's gonna be with him until he's forty at least. Probably probably past that. He's still yeah. gonna have back issues. We have another really good scene here that I have nothing to say on. <laughs> Um, it's a conversation between the grandma and mom. Again, glad we get it. Like I said, they fleshed out the grandmother a lot. We get a lot of conversations. Like, there's clearly like a wedge between them. Like from the second they she gets there, like, um, uh, and it, yeah, it's interesting to see like the contrast between this generation of parentage to the next with Kamala and the mother. Um, but yeah, they t- they have to talk here. They kind of she talks about why she left uh, to America and all this good stuff. So. Um, yeah, I think that for me, it was kind of what I was saying earlier, uh, further of like, you can see that the grandmother is more like Kamala and the mother pulled away from that kind of living with your theories, living with your, your, your living with your head in the cloud. The mother is like, we have no time for this. And I, I think what is good about this scene is it shows where that came from. You know, her grandmother was that style of living in this fantasy world and that's where i think like i don't think anyone believe like believes her about the jinn clandestine soul dna it was always just a theory that she this you know crazy theory that she was pitching out there um obviously we know it's true but uh i i, I like this scene a lot i thought this was really good i thought both uh actresses did an incredible job of just like the push and pull like there's moments where they're getting close and then it's, and then they pull away oh, great stuff here yeah I want someone to save toffee for me. Like, yeah. how cute. Yeah, but then she ate it. She's like, I saved you all this <laughs> coffee, but also I kind of ate a bunch of it because, like, it's been a while since you came, came over the years. But she, like, was waiting. She was waiting for her daughter to ever come home and visit her. It was kind of sad. It was emotional. Yeah. Other Easter eggs pointing to other episodes. She mailed their gift in the toffee box. Um, That's good. So I think, I don't know. I think there's a lot of cute stuff. In that scene, it was very, it was a little heartwarming, um, but also still lighthearted at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the toffee is a good sign of like, she's trying, like in her own way, the grandmother was trying to reach out. Like the mother was like, I need you to be a mother. But it's like in the grandmother's way, she, she thought she was, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's interesting. But yeah. Um, so I'm really excited to talk about some of the stuff coming up here um, because it's probably some of my favorite, one of my favorite action sequences coming up. But first, we uh, we do come back to Kamala. She gets uh, um, this this blue fat, what is it? Um, it's not a scarf, but... It's like a vest. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was like a vest. I knew yeah. that. I don't know why I said it was a scarf. <laughs> you I, wear a be- could you wear a vest like a Could you wear any clothing her- item as a scarf? Like a, a, a t-shirt, you could like tie it up. It wouldn't be I good. Guess. I'm not saying it's like a good scarf. It's just you know. Yeah, I mean, possibly. All right. Now I'm gonna make sure we get Star Wars scarves just for this point. Yeah. Uh, hey, uh, might be some new merch coming out. We'll see. Um, but yeah, so. I did uh, like this slow burn of the costume. Of, of This is like part of her comic book costume. I like that they're not giving to us right away. Like we're getting the domino mask. Now we're getting the vest. And so like obviously in the last episode, we'll see it all come together. Uh, I think a little tropey, but I don't care. It's great. 
Uh, Tommy, Sydney and I watched the episode together, We and I had this question. I didn't see it, but um, does the mask that she wears is have straps? I didn't see it. I would imagine, or like some, maybe it's got sticky tack on the inside. That's what yeah. I, that was, I said, Sydney, how is the mask staying on? She said it has straps. I didn't, I've never seen them though. Okay. Realistically. Yeah. And that's probably how they did it. It was a little thin, like wire, like a fish wire. Yeah. We want to go, don't try to break the third wall, Michael, or fourth wall. What is it? Maybe she's really good at holding her face like scrunched up. <laughs> it's really form like, fit in. Yeah. Or it's long enough. Maybe it does go over the ears and we just didn't notice. Maybe there was a little hook. Yeah. It's like glasses, you know? Probably not, though. Or maybe she's know. using a little bit of her power to create like a little like, crystal <laughs> holding it together. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> exactly. So, speaking of her power, um, uh, the clandestines come in. Uh, and this is my other, like, immediately, like, uh, my other question was how did they get here? I mean, and they took an airplane. They're clandestines. I guess they can do it. Yeah, they probably have great. Listen, they've been around for what years, like hundreds of years. They probably have great uh, mileage program, like some sort of credit True. card that gives them great travel points, uh, free miles all the time. Yep. They Honestly, that's why they cut the sun. Are they? They not didn't have enough miles. That's why they cut the sun. Yeah. Well, they probably have so many identities at this point, Michael. Like, yeah, one identity of them is fugitives. There's probably like a million different names. They, they probably go by Sloth Baby. That's probably one of their nicknames, too. Yeah, that's Sloth Baby. <laughs> um, yeah, so we get we get a fight here. It leads into the Tuck Tuck Chase, which I just thought this was so fun. Um, everything about this um, from when the Tuck Tuck breaks in half and they're like riding on one wheel. Um, this this really puts the uh, biker chasing and Book of Boba Fett to shame, honestly. Um, so, yeah, no, I I really like this. Yeah, I felt like the boss could have died in the room though. Like the 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 long like he gets out and then I'm like oh phew that he's safe. They're not gonna kill him off because clearly I like was like yeah they're probably kill him off in the end of the episode. And and when they didn't, I was like all right, no, they're just waiting five more minutes to kill him off later on. No heart, Tommy. He didn't even want him to live. I would have, you know, maybe. But... He was supposed to be her mentor. Now he's gone. Red Dagger is never going to learn how to throw a dagger. Like, geez Louise, have some heart. <laughs> oh, no. He'll never be able to throw. He'll be able to throw two daggers max. That's it. That's all he can throw after that. It's all just stabbing. Throw two daggers and stab. That's how you do it. I will say, it's very rare for, like, anybody ever to die in these Marvel stars, like nobody dies. Like Moon Knight, uh, there was the post credit scene where Moon Knight shoots um, um, Arthur at the end, and I was like, "Oh wow, they killed somebody." Um, and then this was like, "Oh wow," so, like I don't know. It's not always jarring when somebody dies. Um, I have to say, Moon Knight killed a lot of people. Um, to be fair, yeah, but we never like see it. Yeah, a lot of people did. Yeah, and and it's never a named character either. Uh, was this guy named? We don't even know his name. I said it at some point. We just don't know it. See, if you're a Marvel character, you got to hope that you die in the movies because then you just come back in the TV shows. It's never talked about that you ex like in the movies, you're still dead, like Loki and, and Phil. Uh, 
but then TV shows, you you're just alive and it's cool. So that's that's the key. Now, if you die in the TV shows, I think you're dead. Dead. Like I don't think there's any saving there. <laughs> well, there's the multiverse. There's other versions of him out there. So we'll we'll see him again. That's true. There's probably another universe where you got the time to teach Red Dagger how to throw three daggers <laughs> and actually hit a target too. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, yeah. So the uh, the boss dies here, um, and then yeah, they fight. Uh, uh, Red Dagger and uh, Miss Marvel, they have their little moment here. And um, what happens? Uh, yeah, he kills one of them. He stabs him in the back. Yeah, like the only one I knew, Hammer Guy. Yeah, you know him so personally. Yeah, Hammer Mr. Guy. Hammer. <laughs> Hammer Baby, as he likes to be called on the beach. Yeah. <laughs> on his YouTube channel. Honestly, I found that more shocking. Because I feel like all of them died. But the, the mom, right? Like. That's our main cast of villains. Oh, wait. Can, oh, sorry. I had a thought. Can we go back uh, briefly? Sure. It's not too... <laughs> if we must. Yeah, I guess so. Mike. Well, I don't have an answer to your question because I don't remember if they all died. So I'm pretty sure they all died. Let that first. Tommy, there's a moment here where there's he picks up like this flammable tank and he throws it in, <laughs> in water, <the> water. <laughs> and it blows the water up. What, and number one, how did it explode in the water? And number two, why do that? <laughs> I don't know why. Uh, maybe maybe this is a commentary on the water is just so full of gasoline and we need to protect our ecosystems and protect our environment. Maybe the, the water is just so contaminated. Are you saying they have bad water over there? Maybe, maybe that's what... I'm not... That's what the show's saying. And I'm just, <laughs> I would never... <laughs> No, I mean, again, that was probably the dumbest thing I was. I don't know what it was going on. There, yeah. <laughs> anyways, I like this chase scene, but it did go on a little too long for me. There was a certain point I'm like, all right, can we get like you guys keep escaping and then they catch you again and then you skate like it's like at a certain point. Yeah. Yeah. So, but they, well, they don't get out of it here. Um, we get um, she stabs the bangle. And she gets blasted into uh, the train place with all the people, and they need help. Um, uh, I, we had we had a brief discussion on um, some of this, and I know you've like read and seen some things since. Do you have like a better theory of how this ends? What, what's going on here? All right. See, this was my one talking point I had, so I'm glad we're all finally right. here. <laughs> um, well, firstly, one thing we did miss um, now that I'm realizing is not only did the the teacher boss man um, explained the world. He also read uh, her encryption on her bangle, which was the, what you seek seeks you. Okay. And currently I am in a realm of time traveling type TV shows. That's my mindset. I watched the umbrella Academy recently. Um, I went back and I watched this Disney show called Intertwine that came out and Disney Plus came out and it's very good. It's a lot of time travely, wibbly wobbly things. And I'm very fascinated in it. And after watching the episode, then watching some other things, I kind of reflected and I was like, wait a second. So she's going back in time. We are officially in the past. Um, you can tell just by how they saturated it. Like we're, that's what they're going for. Um, and then I'm, my little noggin, I was thinking this is just like a like a full circle little time travel thing that she's the reason her grandma gets back on the train, her grandma leaves, has all the other kids, and all this happens. And we're 
we're in the middle of a loop right now. She's living her loop on how she got her powers. And, you know, it's another kind of basic trope. But I think it's fun. I think it's interesting. It's the whole what you seek seeks you. Um, she wants to know the answers. And she's going to find out she kind of is the answers. I like that theory. I, I Because I was like thinking maybe it's just flashbacks but i like the idea that she's actually going back um and like obviously we're gonna have a scene with her and the great grandmother right like we can call that that's definitely happening in 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 the next episode and this could answer all of our questions we had earlier about how the grandma knows everything how they even had the bangle if the the great great grandma disappeared and died i mean this is how it all kind of happened this has to happen for history to move on so we're stuck in the infinite loop of time travel history. Why is the bangle doing this, though? Tommy, do you have an answer for this? Like, um, I don't know. I feel like it's been so centered around like interdimensional travel. That was my first assumption when she got sucked away. I was like, oh, she's going to their dimension now. But it, it took her into the past. Like, that's what I'm not understanding. Yeah, I mean, I don't understand why exactly. My thought is like maybe it's like the history of the the. The bangle keeps all memory. So that's where I want more flashback of like, it's more the memory of her, uh, of her great grandmother. Like it's like, it's accessing, uh, it's going back to that time. It's almost like a log that the bangle has just kept for the, you know, probably the boringest part is when it was just in a box for, for a long time. It's just, imagine she got transported back there and just be like, oh, okay. Sitting in the box. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's very convenient. These clandestines keep, uh, like Najma keeps hitting the bangle in the exact way that keeps causing these like reactions for, uh, Kamala. Yeah. So, uh, I didn't, I didn't have time to travel on my bingo card for this episode, but, or the series at all. So, um, that's kind of cool. We'll see where I it goes. I kind of like, at least they're explaining flashbacks more than some of these shows where it's just like we'll flash back and you just like you get to see this we're not going to explain how you get to see it i guess they did that earlier so i can't really give them too much credit because they did do a flashback in episode two but you know hey i like this yeah well all right guys that is the episode um really excited to see where we go from here um do we have recommendations anybody possibly yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll recommend a show I watched recently to go off of Sydney's Time Traveler vibe. Uh, I actually have been watching Time Traveler's Wife on HBO Max, the TV show. There was a book. There was a movie. Movie was garbage. The show's actually pretty good. It's way more like the book. Um, it's interesting. I have enjoyed my experience watching it. There's, like, things I could pick, but overall – if you're looking for that kind of vibe, uh, it's good. I liked it. What about you, Sydney? Um, yes, I specifically wrote down two that also came out um, at a similar time. Episode one of Miss Marvel was released that are our superhero coming of age stories, our little preteen, little Disney stories that more fill my heart. Um, the villains of Valley View, which are about these family of supervillains who cannot be villains anymore and they're trying to be good people and not superheroes. It's very Disney and sitcom-y, which is fun. And then also Ultraviolet and Black Scorpion, again, very much along the lines of Disney sitcom, bright colors. Um, but it's a little family, or not a family, it's a uncle and niece that have little uh, superpowers and they're 
it's uh this one's more cultured around like um mexico and that kind of history spain and stuff um and it's really fun and they're cute and they're heartwarming and they're teeny which i'm always here for yes um tommy have i recommended a search party does that ring a bell to you i don't think i have but i've been watching it for a while i don't think so Let's do it. I'll recommend Search Party. It's on HBO Max. You, you had me thinking HBO Max. Here's the great thing about Search Party. First, half-hour episodes. Boom. Sold. Love it. Quick. Easy. Um, second, um, it's funny. It's very funny. There's some very funny actors in it, and uh, I really enjoy it. And then third, it's also like a drama, though. And I really like that aspect of it. Um, each season kind of follows like a different genre. So the first season starts out, and one of their friends goes missing, Hence, search party. They're looking for their friend. Um, and without spoilers, because it's kind of like the whole pitch of the show, um, that story gets resolved at the end of season one. But also, when that story ends, a new problem arises. So each season is kind of like a new problem that these people have found themselves in. And uh, I hear that it, I'm not, I haven't gotten too crazy yet, but I hear it like really escalates to like, very crazy places so i'm interested to see where it goes i think it's a lot of fun and this is the type of show like i watch like five episodes in a night and then i won't watch it for like two weeks and then i'll come back and watch like another five episodes like it's very di digestible in that way um and always easy to come back to so search party it's very good so um all right guys sydney thank you for doing this you did very good first time on the podcast and podcasting in general so um good sport here um, do you want to tell people where they can find you online? Um, I am at of misfit underscore on Twitter and Instagram. I tweet occasionally and mainly post photos of my kids. So you if go. you enjoy those things. Yeah. Um, Tommy, what about um, do you, you know, uh, what's up? With, what's going on with you? You know, like I'm, I'm around. Uh, I feel like you hate this question. No, no, I do like this question because sometimes I do have things. And okay. uh, let's say one time there's someone that's just happened to listen to only this podcast and then they can find me. So I, I, I enjoy the question. Uh, Tommy Tidbits, that's where you can find me on Twitter. I also post pictures of Michael and Sydney's kids, weirdly enough, on, on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, other than that, I'm here. Uh, I was also on a podcast. I don't know if you can get it unless you're a post-show recap. I think it was an exclusive post-show recap podcast. But I did do a uh, podcast with my good friend, Grace Leader, and my other good friend, Tom Palmer, where we did a bracket of summer blockbusters. I won't ruin who won, but uh, it was it was a very compelling. We definitely based it mostly on, like, well, does this give me, like, summer vibes or does this give me blockbuster vibes? More than, like, is it a good movie? But it's a fun uh, listen. Uh, us just kind of banter back and forth, so. Can you tell me, like, you don't have to tell me, like, what one, but can you tell me, like, one of your favorites that was in the bracket? Yeah. Uh, like, what, what was one that you were rooting for? I was rooting for this one because I, I felt like it was the underdog, and uh, it has a good it has a good story in the podcast. Uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Okay. Yeah. Nice. I like yeah, it. It's a good variety, different years, uh, different genres, uh, and I think there's everyone will find something to root for. All right. Well, I guess I'll plug myself too. I'm I'm everywhere at the Michael O'Rear. So Instagram, Twitter, uh, Letterbox. If if you have a Letterbox, I always look for Letterbox friends because there's not many of us out there. Um, follow me there. Um, and I will close this out here. Um, I like to remind you guys to rate and review us on iTunes and Spotify. 
preferably five stars. Uh, also, please subscribe because we're going to be here every single week with uh, Miss Marvel content. And follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Stark Wars Pod. And uh, check our show notes for a link for our merch. And uh, kind of spoiled it earlier. I think we might have some new merch coming here pretty soon. Um, we also have a little Discord community. So if that's something you're interested in, uh, message us on social media and we'll get you into it. But I think that's all we got for you guys. Thank you so much for listening. And we will see you next time. Bye. Wait, wait. Bye-bye again. Hey, are you still there? Leave already. <laughs>